what is going on everybody welcome to it we are back it is dog talk with your host holden hope everybody is doing good today glad to be back here with you after the dogs took down south carolina this weekend and a pretty good ball game overall for the dogs at least the way that you would expect for it to be and the way that you would want it to be again glad to have you guys here really appreciate you guys listening watching wherever you guys are checking the show out again just always appreciate that if you guys do not mind go and Follow me on Twitter, at DogTalk20. Uh, always enjoy the interaction and everything we have there. I was a little bit quieter this weekend during the game just because we were hanging out with a bunch of friends, uh, watching the game and, and celebrating a birthday party this weekend. So uh, if you didn't see me as active on there, that is why. Again, we are up on YouTube. was really slow at getting things going this evening. Thought I might be having to replace a computer because my computer kind of crashed out on me. Luckily, I got everything up and going, and here we are, live. Otherwise, we'd have been doing things a little bit differently. Probably wouldn't have been quite as uh, good looking, I guess, is, is the best way to look at that. Um, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, you guys make sure you rate and review this. Give it a five star. That I would really appreciate that. YouTube, thumbs up, subscribe. Uh, and I, again, as always, go and check out uh, the website there at dogtalkpod.com. Other than that, we're going to go ahead and jump right into things to get things rocking and rolling. Uh, first thing, this evening, top 25 did drop. I'll get that rolling on the bottom of the screen for you guys uh, watching on YouTube. If I can get everything figured out here, there we go. Finally, top 25 rolling there. Uh, we'll run through it real quick before we kind of dive into everything. Not a lot of change up. Georgia and, and Alabama still 1 and 2, rightfully so. First of all, I don't think there's any reason that we need to jump Alabama. And, uh, you know, just my opinion, not not everybody's going to share this opinion, but mine is I'm fine being right below them all season long. We can stay right below them all season long until it's time to make that jump. Uh, and all you got to do is continue winning. You continue winning, winning big games, because we now have a couple of games that will be coming up on the schedule. I'll get it pulled up here in just a little bit that are going to be against ranked opponents. So, that's going to matter once we get to that, and these games are now more important. You know, once you start getting some of these teams that are in there in Auburn and Arkansas, these teams that are starting to be ranked and moving up in the rankings, it just makes your schedule all that more tough. Because starting the season, Georgia didn't really have a tough schedule. You know, you really only had a couple of ranked teams that you might be playing throughout the season, really in in Florida, and uh, I don't even know that Auburn was ranked preseason. So. Georgia had a really good outlook on their schedule. Still a really good outlook, but now you've got a couple of ranked teams in there, which just makes it better. Makes it all the more – oh, yeah, Clemson was the other. Uh, just makes it all the more better when you can have a schedule where you're playing a team or teams, in this case, that are ranked, uh, and you can beat those teams. You beat those teams, and you get to move up in the ranks. Now, it's not to say that moving forward, you know, taking a couple of those teams in the top 25 down while also having beat Clemson at the beginning of the season, who has – Slowly but surely showed that they're not not all that elite this year. You know, that could change, but they're dropping in the rankings even though they are still winning. Um, but we'll get to that here in just a little while once we get to some of the games after we break down the Georgia game. Uh, but, again, Alabama 1, Georgia 2 stays like that. The only change there in the top five is Oregon and Oklahoma swap spots. Give Oregon 3 and Oklahoma the 4. Iowa stays there in fourth. Penn State, after beating Auburn, moves all the way up to 6, moving up a few spots there. A&M and Cincinnati stay in 7 and 8. And Clemson, after barely squeaking by Georgia Tech, uh, they fall three spots, again, after winning down to ninth. And Ohio State also fell a spot down to 10th uh, after their win, 9, to ten, nine and 10 there 
Clemson and Ohio State. Kind of kind of weird to see those guys drop all the way down, even though they're both two and one. Uh, but you also, I don't guess, are really used to seeing those two teams having a loss this early in the season either. Florida, even though they lost to number one uh, Alabama and barely, only lost by a couple of points there, um, they don't move. They stay right there in the 11 spot. I'm sure there were probably some some people that thought maybe they should jump up a spot or two for playing that well. But when you lose, it's kind of hard to justify moving you up. I'm okay with them staying right there. Uh, again, it just makes that, that Georgia-Florida game coming up in Jacksonville on October 30th, it just makes that all the more better. Uh, make sure that was the 30th. Yeah, on the 30th. So hopefully they can stay ranked at that time. Uh, Notre Dame, they don't move either there in 12. Ole Miss jumping on up to 13, continuing to look good. Matt Corral looking really good there at Ole Miss. Iowa State stays steady in 14th. BYU, after their win this weekend, I think over Arizona State, moves up eight spots to 15. Arkansas moving on up again to 16 after taking down Georgia Southern, our friends over in Statesboro. Coastal, they drop a spot down to 17. Wisconsin staying steady at 18. Michigan jumping up six spots to that 19 spot. Michigan State coming into the top 25 for the first time this season at 20th with a 3-0 record. North Carolina stays the same at 21. Fresno State also moving into that top 25. Uh, after winning this past weekend, let's see, they are there in 22. Auburn falls down to 23rd, falling one spot after their loss to a top 10 ranked team in Penn State. UCLA falls 11 spots down to 24th, and Kansas State also cracking that top uh, 25. So that is that is our top 25 again that dropped earlier uh, today. So that way we kind of update some of that good stuff on there. Let me get your schedule pulled up for you guys that are watching on. YouTube, again, you guys, if you're checking us out on YouTube, again, I just really appreciate you guys checking us out. Um, and if you're not, if you're just listening on podcast, go over and check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe to it. You may find that having just a little bit of the video content is kind of more exciting. I don't know. You may not care at all. Uh, it's all dependent, I guess, on how you feel. <laughs> so, but anyway, there's the, there's your schedule. I still have not updated Arkansas or Auburn's rankings. I see I've got Auburn there. Um, but I need to update. I need to update that one. I could probably do it real quick while I'm thinking about it. What is that? Arkansas moved all the way up to 16th. Is that right? I did see the kickoff for Vandy is set for 12 o'clock. I'm looking to see when the Arkansas game is going to kick off. Um, but anyways, that updates your schedule there. I'm not really sure what that was. If you guys hear random sounds in this, listen. I'm trying to. I'm trying to keep everything clean, but sometimes I get a bunch of sounds in here that I, I'm not really expecting to hear and to come through. Occasionally, my computer would just start playing a video on ESPN, even though it's not supposed to, which that's always really, really aggravating. Like right now, it's playing it. Luckily, you can't hear it, though. So, But anyways, I keep on rolling through this. I'm kind of thrown in a tiz. I, like I said earlier, when I went to get all the internet or get the computer up and running, it wouldn't start. It's taken an hour and a half to actually get everything pulled back up and kind of restored to a little bit of a later date. Luckily, I, it saved all of this stuff. I don't. I don't really know. I mean, it's a it's an old computer. That's all there is to it. I probably probably need to update it anyway. So hey, it's a great time to to plug. If you guys feel like supporting the podcast, go hit that support tab or the support link in the description below. Uh, and you guys, if you feel like supporting, again, all it does is help to progress the show and make the show a little bit better. So I would appreciate that. But anyways, uh, into some of the other stuff. JT Daniels did get the start in this game. Looked really, really good. Glad to see him in here because, again, 
I think anytime you can get JT Daniels on the field just makes a huge difference in the game, and in this case, it really did. Didn't see Arian Smith get in this one. I know he was a little banged up last week, but the biggest question we had coming into this was, is JT going to be the starter, and or is Stetson, you know, because we knew Stetson was hurt. We'll get to some of that in just a minute. But JT does get the start, look pretty good in it. I'm going to get some of the stats pulled up here on the screen for you guys. Uh, real quick, there you see it. JT goes 23 for 31, 303 yards, three touchdowns, one pick on the night. A little, little rough interception. Leading receiver there, Donnie Mitchell. True freshman, four, receive, four receptions, 77 yards, and one touchdown on the night. Looked really good. Really hope I spelled his name right because I do tend to kind of mess that up sometimes. JT looked really good coming in here. Didn't look like he was battling much of an oblique strain at all in this one. Uh, we did oddly have Stetson come in, I think, for, what, one drive? Throws an interception. No, he may have come in for two, but throws an interception. Like his only pass of the night was a pick, uh, and it wasn't good. It could have been a pick six. We kind of got lucky that it wasn't, but did not a real good look for him. You know, you kind of go from uh, from zero to hero and then from hero to zero. You turn right back around after – doing such a great job and then just kind of eh, kind of lay down on that but anyways glad to have JT back not sure how much we'll see him next week I'm sure we'll see him plenty you know but I'm hoping uh, by the first half of that Vandy game he can be in a situation where we're good enough to hey let's move on past having to have him in the game let's let's get whether Stetson in there a little bit more to give him a pick me up from this week or start giving Carson and, and Brock Vandegrift a little bit of a you know a little bit of workout as well. So, back to the breakdown of the game uh, here. Some pretty good plays here. Total yardage, South Carolina 296 yards. Georgia 491, almost putting up 500. Turnovers. Georgia did not win the turnover margin battle in this one. Georgia turned it over three times. Two interceptions and a fumble. The fumble was not a fumble. You know, Kirby Smart's going to tell you that it doesn't matter. You still need to hold on to the ball. And, I, I mean, I agree, but... He also was down. If you re, if you look at the replay, and I, I was still kind of blown away by this. Uh, I mean, his knee's clearly down. The ball comes out after his knee goes down. And I remember watching the game, seeing it, and I'm like, oh, okay, his knee's down. You know, they go to a commercial. I was like, yeah, they're going to review it. We'll come back. We'll start this thing. Come back from the commercial, South Carolina's got the ball. And then we get burned deep. South Carolina puts up the first touchdown on the Georgia defense. Now, granted, it's late in the fourth quarter. Well, I guess early in the fourth quarter. And by that time, Georgia's got third and fourth string guys who are working in. Uh, still, regardless, should not give up a touchdown. Um, and we've got I've, – I've had some questions coming into this, uh, but we'll kind of get to them. Um, first downs, I mean, Georgia just absolutely ran over South Carolina in this. South Carolina actually had the ball more uh, than Georgia did in this one. Just a couple minutes worth as far as timing goes. Scoring a couple touchdowns in the first quarter there for Georgia. Uh touchdown field goal and a safety there in the second quarter defense stepping up there a couple touchdowns in the third but did not move the ball very well in the fourth quarter third down efficiency georgia looked pretty good in this one nine for 12 a lot of times if you can get that third down uh converting those third downs and making a first down out of it you can be successful in games the longer you're able to extend drives the better you are obviously the longer you can extend it whether you're getting into field goal range red zone and scoring makes all the difference in the world when it comes down to the game Georgia 307 through the air, 214 for South Carolina. On the ground, we held them to 82 total yards on the ground. Normal ground-and-pound kind of defense uh, there for Georgia stopping the run game. We rushed for 184 yards. Kendall Milton, he actually was our leader in this one, 10 carries, 66 yards. Thought he was going to break a touchdown in this one. 
uh, but did not. James Cook actually did get himself in the end zone a couple of times, one on a pass play to the side and one through the air, or uh, one right through the middle as well. So he kind of looked pretty good in this one. Glad to see that from him. The conference rankings right now, it's kind of a strange look if you look at it like this, uh, just because Georgia's top of that, Kentucky right behind them now that we are in SEC play. Tennessee, Vanderbilt, since they haven't played a conference game, are technically 0-0. Then you get Florida, Missouri, South Carolina. Obviously, that's not the way that this ranking is going to end up, but that's what it looks like right now. And then you look at the other side of the ball, and it's just because I think it's alphabetical. Alabama, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Auburn, LSU, Mississippi State. Alabama being the only team who has played a game in the SEC so far on the on the west side. That will start to change coming up this week. This week is, I think, when most teams are opening up play against the SEC. Most teams. Yeah. Looking at the schedule here, I'm going to heap load on them. We're playing, uh, getting started in the SEC minus Auburn and maybe Missouri. But I think Missouri already played Kentucky, so they've already started technically. So we'll start to kind of get deeper and deeper into some of these Big games coming up in the SEC, and we're looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, Stetson Bennett, looking at his passing. One for three, four yards on one, did throw that interception again. Not a really good look there. Kendall Milton did carry the ball the most in that game. One, the longest run was 22 yards. James Cook right behind him at 51 yards with that long of a 23-yard touchdown run. Zamir White finally getting in the end zone as well, tying with James Cook, 51 yards. He had a 15-yarder as well. Kenny Mack saw him in the game a good bit and didn't get a lot of yards out of it. Donnie Mitchell again carrying the rock or carrying it through the air anywhere. Jermaine Burton, man, he continues to look really good. Uh, big touchdown over the middle. Kendall Milton, 66 yards. Glad to see him. Jermaine Burton, what I was talking about, that big pass right over the middle looked really good. Brock Bowers, still 53 yards, no touchdown tonight, but he was, again, the past two weeks, he was the uh, wide receiving leader as far as yardage. He probably still leads as far as yardage goes throughout the entire season so far. James Cook with the one touchdown. They say Kendall Milton fumbled it, but he didn't. I think we all know that. I've started to learn that even though it's on ESPN, some of these stats aren't correct. Like it shows Quay Walker. Oh, I guess that was his interception. He actually got the pick. That's what that showed. Nolan Smith led the led the lead. He actually, I thought, I think on like SEC was one of the defensive players of the week as well. Eight total tackles, one and a half sacks on the night. Five solos. No, it was De'Aaron. Yeah, De'Aaron Kendrick from Clemson, the Clemson transfer. He was the one with the pick. That's what I thought. I don't know why it's got Quay Walker up here as a guy who turned the ball over. It also, there you go, they fixed it. It did show that uh, Jack Pye was one for two, but he only kicked one field goal. Glad they fixed that. Jake Camarda continued to do his normal thing. Looked really good in this one. But the biggest story on that, we're continuing to move the ball really well through the air. Glad to see that. We were able to move the ball a little bit on the ground as well. Again, 307 yards through the air and ended up 184 on the ground. Did finally get a couple touchdowns on the ground. That was another thing I've been waiting on. Outside of like a just, you know, push in from the from the one, you know. I don't think they were very long. Kind of looking, I guess, at the same thing, though. A couple of these were like four yarders. Nothing nothing major as far as pushing it in. James Cook's, his rushing touchdown was one of the biggest. And then the other was like a five-yarder by Zeus. Yeah, seeing that there. Let me make sure this video is not going to play again, even though it should not be playing. 
There we go. A couple of the questions that we had coming into this game was, is our offensive line going to be able to open up holes to be able to allow the run game to do anything? You know, somewhat we had spurts of that where, especially like on, on James Cook big run up the middle, that was a good hole. We, we had good coverage on that one as far as uh, driving downfield and actually blocking really well. And to be able to go through the middle, no less, the, the middle of our O-line has been the biggest question so far with all the movement. But to be able to go through the middle as big as he did, not touched, uh, and get in the end zone, that was a really, really big really big deal. Glad to see it, but we still kind of struggled here and there to move the ball uh, in, in other aspects as far as still being able to run. I think we had one sack on the night. I think JT was sacked once on the night. I don't remember how many sacks we ended up on the night. A couple, I think. Um, but pass blocking, we seem to do be we seem to be doing fairly well. Run blocking, I mean, we're we're just not doing a very good job as far as being able to block uh, for our running backs, which is kind of sad because we have such a great running back room right now. I mean, we got guys that can run all over anybody, uh, but you got to have those guy, big guys up front to be able to block for you first. And if those guys can block for you then you can. You can move the ball really well against teams. Um, but if those guys aren't blocking real well, it makes it a little bit tougher. So that was a question we had. We saw spurts of goodness in this one, spurts that weren't. Uh, one thing to kind of maybe keep an eye on was, and we don't play them. They're not on our schedule, so it's hard to look forward, especially now because you got a few tougher games that are going to be coming up uh, this season. But Florida ran the ball all over Alabama, which I was really surprised by. But at this point, Georgia's not going to run the ball all over anybody. You know, I think they put up like 300 yards, and I hate to bring up like a Florida-Alabama game, but it's something to think about, you know. Georgia's only running the ball for, I mean, not even running for 200 yards against South Carolina. Now, we're throwing the ball really well over the top, doing a great job at that, uh, but we cannot become one-dimensional. That's, that's the biggest thing that I've been kind of harping on this season is we cannot be a one-dimensional team. And I know I talked about this last episode. You can go back to see a, li a little – snippet that I put up on our socials last week as well is if we're going to win a championship we've got to be able to move the ball efficiently on offense no matter which way we do it whether it's through the air whether it's through the ground if we're getting stopped on the ground we've got to be able to move the ball through the air but if a team does like Clemson does and drops you know drops seven or eight back and and all of a sudden now you're kind of taking that pass game away but if you're only having to block three or four guys up front you should be able to run the ball really well against a team like that we didn't do that very well against Clemson so that's something to kind of keep an eye on and think about moving forward that was one of the questions the other question was defensively only question I've had because we hadn't really been tested in this what is our secondary going to look like in a game where teams test us deep South Carolina showed a little bit of that. They kind of ran a little bit of tempo on us. We weren't ready. One play, we were not ready at all. Hadn't got the play call in or anything. I thought it was a substitution issue. I thought we had a couple of guys still trying to run on the field. Looking back at it, that wasn't it at all. Our guys just were not ready. We were kind of set up, looking, trying to figure out the play, figure out what we were going to do, and they threw right over the top on us. Luckily, we, we hawked it down and took them out. But then a couple other plays, I saw their wide receivers get pretty deep. One on the left side, I think, that ended up being the touchdown for South Carolina. We got beat deep. Another play where we had even Keely Ringo, who was in there, great defensive guy. He was right on the heels of one guy. But had that pass been another two yards shy, 
that guy probably catches it in space. I don't think he scores because, again, Keely was right on his heels. But that's a question. I'm still a little bit concerned about that secondary when you get against the team. You know, Vandy ain't going to do a lot against you deep, I don't believe. Now, they may have a game plan to somehow just get guys deep and wide and just throw that tater up every time and see what happens. But you get against Arkansas, great defense, offense. You know, KJ, he's, he's shown some, some promise over there at Arkansas as well on the offensive side. Auburn, Bo Nix, he's going to try to beat you deep. Uh, Will Levis at Kentucky, he's going to try to beat you deep. So we're about to get in the test for the next few weeks following Vandy. That That's when we're going to start to really learn, okay, this front seven of Georgia's defense is really good. Let's figure out how this back end looks. You know, Let's see what happens when we truly start to get tested because if guys start to burn us deep, yes, that front seven may turn out to be the greatest in the country. You won't run for 100 yards against them. But if teams are starting to throw the ball over the top against you, then we've got a problem. Then we've got to figure out how to stop that because if a team gets in there and, and they drop seven against us and we can't run against them, and they're throwing the ball over the top, Georgia will get beat. So we've got them some things to figure out, and I think we can do that. I think next couple of weeks that's going to be what we have to do is prepare for, all right, we cannot get burned and beat deep. But we also have to figure out how to run the ball so we're not one-dimensional on offense. Looking at South Carolina's side of things, I said before this game, if Luke Doty comes in as quarterback, it's bad news there for South Carolina. Zeb Nolan, he got the start. He got injured, I think, after one of the defensive guys for Georgia stepped on his hand. Maybe it was that interception that he threw. Got his hand stepped on and uh, came out of the game, never returned. Uh, and, and I saw where he got his hand stepped on. I don't think it was anything intentional, but he was not happy about it. Understandably, I mean, you get your throwing hand stepped on. First of all, that's not fun in general. Uh, but for that to have happened, he comes out of the game. Luke Doty comes in. Actually lights a little bit of a spark under him. So I would expect Luke Doty probably from this point forward to be the starter for South Carolina because he didn't look terrible. Goes 13 for 26, 153 yards with a touchdown, also with a pick on the night. Um, so that's that's most of the breakdown I have in this one. Uh, again, the other, the other thing that I wanted to point out was uh, that was not a fumble in the fourth quarter. We were down, and I still am kind of shocked that, you know, Again, it's just my opinion, but I'm still kind of shocked that they didn't replay that one. And if they did, they didn't do a very good job of it, trying to figure out if that was or was not actually uh, picking this one. I'm going to get our schedule pulled back up here on the side of the screen because that's pretty much all that I want to run through on that. But for podcasts, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back. We're going to go through some other games around the country real quick, some of the big ones. Got a little bit of Twitter talk that we're going to do, run back over the predictions from this past week, and pretty much wrap it up for this episode. Continuing right on along with it. Some of the games from around the country, one of the biggest ones that a lot of people had their eyes on was number one, Alabama traveling down to uh, the Swamp in Gainesville against number 11, Florida. This game, I think I picked it, you know, it was like, what Alabama was like a 14 and a half point favorite. Yeah, Alabama 14 and a half, and I figured Alabama would cover that 14 and a half. First half, they did a really good job. Alabama was up good. What, 21 to 9 going into the half? So it looked really good. Florida, all of a sudden in the second half, though, came screaming back. Came within again, just two points of beating Alabama. Went for, I will say this, their, their, their two point conversion at the end of this game. What what in the world are you doing? And I said this in the game. 
I do not believe that Florida would beat Alabama if John Emery was quarterback. Or, excuse me, Emory Jones. I, did, I said that this weekend. And some people kind of gave me a little bit of criticism about that, and I was like, I just don't think he's the guy who's going to be able to win this game for you. Uh, and as it turns out, he was your starter. I think uh, they call him AR-15, Anthony Richardson. Was hurt in this one. Emory Jones, 18 for 28, 194 yards, 195 yards, throws a pick. He wasn't the one that lit the ground the, the game up. What lit the game up for Florida was their rushing. Florida ran the uh, total yards. Check this out. I've never seen this before. They had 109 more total yards than Alabama and lost this game. They turned the ball over once, which you got to be just about perfect against Florida. I mean, against Alabama. Alabama, 331 total yards. Florida, 440. Florida turned the ball over one time. That's about the only stat they didn't do better. First downs, Florida out, outmanned them. Position, time of possession, Florida. So Florida, in almost all aspects of this game, outweighed Alabama. Yeah, running for 245 yards on the ground. They held Alabama, this is another thing, held Alabama to only 91 yards uh, in this game. They also got the backfield, I think, once against Alabama as well, which, you know, I, I believe Alabama's probably got one of the best offensive lines in the country, for what it's worth. Emory Jones, though, again, 195 yards. Bryce Young, three touchdowns. He didn't make any mistakes, 240 yards. But in the first half, had Florida actually come into this game realizing that they could play ball with Alabama, they might they may have beat them. It's just something. Somebody actually pointed this out, too, and it's, it was actually a really good point. Uh, and I hate to give Florida any credit for anything. And if you're a Georgia fan, you know why. Um, but they said, hey, Georgia, we gave you the blueprint. So if you get the opportunity to play them, you've got the blueprint to be able to beat them. Now, take that for what you will, you know, especially coming from a Florida fan because some, some people don't care much about it. But in the end, Florida does fall 31-29 to number one Alabama. Georgia and South Carolina, a couple other ones that were much closer than they should have been. And Oklahoma, it's Oklahoma, Nebraska. Oklahoma didn't look very good in this one yet again. They only win 23 to 16 against a Nebraska team who's pretty down this year. Oregon, they take care of business pretty easily. The other big one, like we talked about, Clemson and Georgia Tech, 14 to 8, 14 to 8, and Florida, and Georgia Tech was on. Clemson's two-yard line, knocking on the door to try to come in and knock off number six Clemson at the time. That's the reason they fell down to ninth in this one. I just don't know. It doesn't look really good for Georgia when they, you know, when Clemson has a game like this. Now, there was a huge delay in this. I think they delayed this game like two hours. I, I could be completely wrong on that, but it was delayed for quite a while. Just not the best weather. Cincinnati had to go to Indiana. Kind of struggled in this one, but in the end pulled it out 38-24. to 24. Ohio State 41 to 20 against Tulsa didn't look very good going into the fourth quarter though that game was a little bit closer than what it seemed. Auburn and Penn State that was a big one. Penn State pulls it out 28 to 20. Auburn fought really well in this game though I will say that. Sean Clifford absolutely went off in this game, uh, but just a good game. I was actually proud to see Auburn hang in there as long and as as well as they did because I I actually figured that Bo Nix was going to come in and make a couple more mistakes than he did and. Uh, I mean, he's, to me, he's still too inconsistent and still wasn't necessarily all that great. But, hey, that's just my opinion. Not many people not many people care that much, I guess, about it. 
But 21, 3,785 yards, nothing through the air. Tank Bigsby carried the rock for over 100 yards and a couple touchdowns. Kind of was the saving grace as far as touchdowns go there for Auburn. Purdue-Notre Dame, I picked Purdue to possibly upset Notre Dame in this one. And it almost happened, 27-13. If it wasn't for the last uh, touchdown and a field goal there in the fourth quarter, Notre Dame makes that one a little bit closer. Jack Cohn, again, I think he's the real deal. 223 yards, two touchdowns in that one. This is one I called. I said, watch out UCLA. Fresno State's not a bad team. Fresno State gets the win by a field goal, 40-37 to over 13th-ranked UCLA. Thought Virginia Tech would look a little bit better against West Virginia. West Virginia pulls it out 27-21, to upsetting number 15, uh, Virginia Tech. Coastal Carolina struggled mightily with Buffalo. Took a last-second stop to win that one by a field goal, 28-25. to Ole Miss, they took care of business. BYU, I picked them to take over or to beat number 19, Arizona State, 27-17. They do that. Arkansas rolls against Southern. North Carolina, they handled their business. Michigan State, I picked them to upset Miami. They do that, 38-17. Miami just not very good this year. And then the one at the bottom, Michigan rolled on uh, like they were supposed to. That was pretty much some of the biggest games around the country. I kind of tried to keep it closer to uh, the biggest games. Let me go back and look because I know, you know, every week I, I put out a bunch of polls and kind of see, kind of get some feelers, see what you guys are feeling on the week. And I'm, I like to kind of go back through those after we've uh, played through it. So all of those polls ended. And this is pretty much just same thing predictions from you guys, who you got, BYU, Arizona State. 75% of you guys went with BYU, 25% of Arizona State. Uh, then Auburn, Penn State, 71% of you guys got, 71%, excuse me, got Penn State, 29% Auburn. So you got a win there. Alabama, 95% of it, 5% Florida. Again, understandable that one did happen. Uh, those are some of the big ones. Shout out to My God a Podcast for the shout out on Twitter. And on the show there, always fun to kind of write in, get some feedback from those guys. That's most of it. I haven't put out a lot of questions or anything this week. The biggest one was, uh, can Brock Bowers reach 1,000 yards receiving this year? Got a few people hit back on that one. It looked pretty good. I did see this post, and I put this up on Twitter earlier again. At Dog Talk 20 on, on Twitter if you guys want to follow me there. Uh, but this was per Elite Dogs Football, their Instagram account. Uh, whether this was true or not, I'm not sure, but if it was, it's a pretty, pretty baller move. Um, just in, after true freshman Adonis Mitchell's touchdown, he went up to Arch Manning in the stands and yelled, hey, come throw touchdowns to me per fans in the stand. Again, don't know if it was true or not, but that was one of the biggest questions of the night, or not questions, but conversations of the night. And if you didn't hear about it, I don't know that you were actually watching the game because they talked about it all night long. And that was uh, the fact that 2023 – top-rated quarterback in the country, Arch Manning, uh, was in the house, Cooper Manning's son. So I know a lot of people are trying to get him to come to Dog Nation and be a dog. Maybe he will, maybe he won't, I don't know. Hopefully Georgia looked good enough to him to uh, to feel like he felt like at home, hopefully, I guess, in this one. Um, looking at the, some of the other predictions, those were all through the polls in this one. I predicted the Dogs to win this one 41-6. Again, it ends 40 to 13. I, you know, just for what it's worth, might not be worth much of anything. 41. I picked it 41 to six. The fumble should have never happened. Does Georgia go down and score? I don't know. We were in South Carolina territory when it happened. Does Georgia go down to score? I don't know because again, Georgia 
for whatever reason, even in a game that we're up big like this at the time, 40 to 6, we don't push the ball down. We don't continue to try to – I mean, I get it that we may have been trying to continue to run the ball and, and get more efficient running the ball. Um, but for whatever reason, Georgia doesn't move the ball very well in the fourth quarter. And that showed, again, we didn't score at all in the fourth quarter. We let them score. But if that fumble didn't happen and, and the game ended right there, it would have been 40 to 6. I'd have been off one point, 41 to 6. So kind of felt good about that. Again, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who cares, really. Uh, but just thought that that was kind of fun. Um, I'm going to keep this one kind of short for you guys. Again, it's been kind of a long weekend and everything that was happening with my computer earlier. I wish I'd had a lot more to bring you guys. Um, but I'm pretty much going to wrap it up with that. Hopefully I can keep my computer rocking and rolling uh, and not have to buy a new one between now and next time we do a show later on this week. Uh, but now it's time to pretty much move on to uh, Vanderbilt. Got them coming up. That one's going to be at 12 o'clock in Nashville, back on the road again. Uh, I don't know if that one's on SEC Network. Usually I think it is. Those 12 o'clock games maybe. Um, so keep an eye out for that. But in the meantime, I think we're pretty much going to wrap up here. So, again, I appreciate you guys listening and watching on YouTube if you're watching there. Uh, Twitter, at DogTalk20. You guys make sure you follow me there. Really appreciate it. And I will check in with you guys later on this week so we can preview Vandy and any kind of news that comes out between now and then. Check out DogTalkPod.com, and I appreciate you guys listening. I'll check in with you all later. Go dogs. <laughs>